0: Hey, this is Carla. And this is Jasmine. And you're listening to Cracking
1: Cracking the the coconut, Coconut, where we tackle taboo conversations in the Filipino community by cracking one coconut at a time.
0: Everybody, welcome back to Cracking the Coconut, where we discuss really fucking awesome, crazy, fantastical, and some bullshit within the Filipino community. <laughs> I am your host Carla J.
1: Hi, my name is Jasmine. I am also the co-host of Cracking the Coconut. Thanks to everybody again who's been following us, uh, getting in the comments, and, and continuing these conversations with us. It it means so much, and we're making progress, everybody. We're really making progress. Lots of
0: progress. We release Cracking the Coconut about a month ago about a month and a half ago maybe yeah. and things are progressing forward in very positive ways We're getting a lot of interaction on social media so be sure to follow us all the info is going to be in the description and all of that but yeah so today uh what are we cracking
1: today we are cracking something pretty interesting i'd say okay uh, All right, so we all know growing up, we were told a lot of things, a lot of different Mm -hmm. things that our adults, um, maybe teachers, have shared with us to help us as we age and we mature into adulthood, into teens. But, you know, a lot of those things weren't always accurate. Mm -hmm. A lot of them were actually really, really false.
0: Very false. And also, when you think about it, just the way our parents would scare us into believing certain things just so we wouldn't do a certain thing or so we wouldn't be bad i've come to realize we're really toxic and i know our parents meant well they just didn't want us to get into trouble or didn't want us to get hurt Mm. so they resulted in scare tactics to get us to not do something when a simple conversation would have sufficed
1: man i hear that And it's crazy because if you think about it, right, a lot of parents or adults, they don't want to tell the kids the actual truth for fear of maybe they won't understand yet or uh, maybe fear of of breaking their innocence. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I feel like it's really good to communicate with your kids at a young age and obviously not tell them the adult conversation side, but in a way to kind of help them understand and ease them as they begin their understanding, you know, when they get older.
0: Yeah. Question, did yeah. your parents or your grandma, or your grandpa ever tell you this to never go to bed with your hair wet? Otherwise, you'll have a headache and you'll <laughs> go mad, like you'll go crazy.
1: <laughs> yeah, I definitely heard that. Uh, what is it? Myth mm-hmm. uh, of, of going to bed with your hair wet is really bad. I I understand the headache part. Yeah. Because, you know, you still wake up and, you, and your head's cold and all that stuff. But the part of going crazy. Mm hmm. How does that even make sense? I have no idea,
0: but I remember whenever I would take uh, evening showers, my my grandma would always bring the hairdryer to me and essentially forced me to having um, to drying my hair because she said, "You're gonna go mad and she'll be like, "Do you want to go mad? They will send you to the hospital. <laughs> and I was so confused because I didn't
1: understand how that correlated. I also remember something that has to do with washing your hair and your hair mm-hmm. being wet, that not to go outside of the house when it's cold while your hair's wet.
0: Oh yeah, yes, yes. I've heard that same exact thing from my grandma and my mom they wanted me to always have my hair blow dry because they said and it also makes sense that they didn't want us to go outside with our hair wet because it meant that we could possibly get sick and in the winter Mm. months like yeah that makes sense why go outside with your hair super wet when it's 30 degree fahrenheit outside
1: you lived in 30 degree weather
0: Yeah, I have. Where? Japan.
1: Oh, shit.
0: (laughs) So a lot of these things that we were told as children, a lot of them tend to be very innocent, harmless things. Don't go outside with your hair sopping wet. Don't go to bed with your hair damp. Little things like that. Those, I feel like, are just really harmless things. But there's also little other ideas. They try to implement upon their children that they think Feel is harmless but actually as they grow up it shifts their entire perspective about anything whether that's mm-hmm. career that's listening to authority it could be love um those little instances as a kid could dramatically change the way they view a certain thing
1: yeah it, i think uh, those adults don't think or they choose to not think that this child will eventually become an adult. Mm -hmm. A free-thinking, individual adult. Mm -hmm. And you gotta set them up right, man. If you don't, it's gonna skew their idea of reality, and that ain't good.
0: Yeah, so, okay. Let's
1: jump into it, right?
0: Let's jump into it. Okay, here's a big one. And this doesn't just happen in the Filipino community. I know it happens in many different ethnic communities mm-hmm. the idea is that you get good grades you go to college and going to college means you'll get a good job Hmm. hmm. i feel like <laughs> this is also a generational thing because our parents who are boomers they went to school went to college got good grades and got good jobs mm-hmm. they were able to get houses by the time time they were 25 have yeah. kids and go into a very successful life, save up for retirement and all that jazz. Mm -hmm. Whereas millennials, they don't get that luxury and I feel like a lot of boomers tell millennials or just say that millennials are lazy we spend all our money Mm -hmm. on avocado toast starbucks starbucks and whatever it may be because they see a decline in millennials purchasing house having kids Mm. and all that when the reality is we would love to do all that stuff i would love to buy a house yeah um but that's just simply not the reality for a lot of millennials these days Mm
1: -hmm. it's not at all you know at the time um so in my mom's career, right. I think Mm -hmm. she's a really good example of this. So she went to, um, our local city college in San Francisco and Mm -hmm. she graduated with graduated with an AA Mm -hmm. and, um, at that point, you know, she was able to build this career um, as a, an accountant at the Postal Service. Mm-hmm. And for years, she she uh, stayed at that job for over, um, I think, over 30 years. Wow. And, was uh, that her
0: first job right out of
1: college? <laughs> I, it was pretty much her only job, I, I believe. Oh, wow. Yeah, so she was able to move up the ranks and, and have a longevity, uh, you know, career in, in the Postal Service. And, um, you know, I remember when she got a promotion and... Uh, She was telling me that, you know, if she, if this was now, so this is probably like in 2000, I don't know, 2009, 10, something like that. And she was telling me that if she got that job now, she wouldn't be able to actually be in the position she's in. Mm -hmm. Because the people who have that role, they have to get like a a master's. Mm. But she only had an associate's degree. But because she was able to establish herself back in what, like the the 80s, uh, you know, and move up in the ranks, which, you know, makes sense. You put in the work, you know the work, you move up based on your skill, your experience, your tenure. Uh, You know, she she was able to lock in that role. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's not the case nowadays with employment. You know, you could have 10 years in your bag. But a lot of employers will also want you to have like a master's, mm-hmm. um, you know, X amount of years doing X, Y, Z. Yep. But they're so strict on the requirements that they're 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 likely missing the best candidates out there because they're limiting themselves to just that without actually knowing what people are capable of.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. So I'm currently looking for other positions and a lot of the jobs I'm coming across... say my job title as a video content producer but instead of say just asking for a a bachelor's degree or maybe learning how to do use premiere or maybe a final cut there's 20 different bullet points of the requirements it's not only a degree in a very specific like either communications film editing Mm -hmm. whatever it may be they want you to know like 10 different programs and softwares also even like content curation and creation for social media. So being able to be social media savvy, across the board so tiktok snapchat ig facebook and a bunch of different Mm. things know how to set up lights and everything so instead of going to school just to learn how to be a really good videographer they want you to also be a dp uh um what's it called a director of photography Photography. they want you to be able to know social media management and
1: yeah and you know if you think about it too there's a lot of people who have college degrees and college degrees aren't the um the ticket to getting that career, mm-hmm. that next move, they help, but the degree, in my opinion, the degree is just a piece of paper sometimes,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: that's unfortunate because we spend so much money on education nowadays, student loans. It's a whole another uh, coconut that we can crack, but you know, like back in the day, you know, our our parents, um, like the boomers, were able to graduate, like Carla said, mm-hmm. and get these jobs. Yes. After you get the job. You get the house. You can get a car. All that stuff. You can support mm-hmm. your family, but the truth is, with inflation, mm-hmm. all that don't don't mesh up. Yeah, the divide is so big, and so we're unable to um, to take those steps that our parents were lucky enough to mm-hmm. make. And I think that's also a part of um, the discussions when you talk to older um, individuals, and they and they look at you like, "Well, oh, what are you going to settle down?" or 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 why can't you save? Or you know, um, what are you going to get a real job? Like <laughs> the problem is, it's really really tough out here, mm-hmm. and you know, when somebody hasn't experienced that, it's really hard to to have them understand that exact thing that you're going through and mm-hmm. that struggle that you're going yeah,
0: through. Yeah, 100%. Because all of our lives growing up in the 90s and 2000s, we were taught not only do you go to college and then get a good job, but you. we were also taught that we can do whatever the fuck we want. We were... Our childhoods... What, Our childhood was built on dreams and Mm -hmm. attaining those dreams, whether we wanted to become a ballet dancer, a astronaut, a teacher, whatever it may be. We were told that we were allowed and should shoot for the stars. And now that we're trying to go to school and learn all these different professions besides becoming an engineer or a doctor, because there's let's face it thousands and thousands of different options Hmm. and career paths we could go into because we were being taught to shoot for the stars. We're trying to shoot for the stars. And now that we're trying to do everything they told us from you know, do this, this, and this. It's not working out in our favor. The
1: template don't work no more. Yeah,
0: and we're being called, um, not crazy. Well, I mean, some of us are being called crazy, but (laughs) we're being called lazy, which I feel is a very inaccurate misconception about uh, the millennials because, if anything, we are some of the most hardest working motherfuckers out there. Mm -hmm. We grew up also on hustle culture, which is a whole different coconut because... As a person who always said, hustle, 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 I'm a hustler, da, 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 I'm coming to realize because of pandemic that hustle culture is also very toxic in itself. Mm. Where you say, I will sleep after I do 50 hours of work on my passion project. Like sleep shouldn't be a treat. It yeah. should be something to refill your body. You should work as many hours as you want and sleep peacefully and happily, not because it's a treat, because mm-hmm. you got X amount of work done.
1: Yeah, it's not like the piece of cake at the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> it's self-care. Let's let's jump into another uh, little thing that I was told when I was a kid. Okay. Um, and I thought this one was really interesting. Uh, so if you swallow a watermelon seed, <laughs> a watermelon will start growing inside your belly okay which which is ironic okay first off i just want to note that you should actually be eating watermelons that have the black seeds Mm -hmm. in them if you have only the white seeds that's not a real watermelon and no nutrients in it just want to throw it in there um (laughs) but yeah so in filipino food we eat pakwan seeds yes and they're basically um the watermelon seeds uh that they dry out and they you know say salt it a little bit Mm -hmm. and then you could break it kind of like a sunflower seed and those shits are fire i actually want some right now so hopefully we can go to the store sometime (laughs) and grab some but they say as if like also eating gum if Mm -hmm. you swallow it the gum's gonna stay in your tummy and it's gonna uh like ruin your insides and it's gonna stay in your tummy forever or or something like that like these really ridiculous um funny uh ways of of saying hey (laughs) don't do this or you're gonna hurt yourself i have a joke for you all right let's let's hear it how do you get a watermelon pregnant how do you get a watermelon pregnant I don't know. You buck one.
0: (laughs) Why did I think it was going to go somewhere that way? (laughs) So, I. Who told me that joke? I think my mom told me that joke. No, I think it was. I think my mom actually told me that joke.
1: Oh. You dirty mom. My
0: dirty ass (laughs) mom. No, she's great. She has Uh, really good jokes. So does my dad. But the whole watermelon thing, though. So I used to think that too. And not because a grown up told me, but because there's a very specific episode of The Rugrats. Rugrats is a show about these babies from ages zero to three, like Angelica was three. And they just talk to themselves and they get into a whole bunch of different adventures. It's fucking fire. I love it. But there's an episode where I believe Chucky eats a watermelon seed and all of the other babies, they shrink and they go inside of chucky's body to stop the watermelon seed from growing Mm -hmm. and angelica is trying to sabotage every them every one of them so she goes into chucky's body as well and tries watering the water (laughs) the watermelon seed so it'll explode inside of chucky
1: damn angelica yeah
0: and i think at the end of the episode chucky wakes up and just burps out the the seed seed. yeah
1: that sounds right yeah so
0: then i thought oh shit there's gonna be a watermelon growing inside of
1: all you gotta do is burp it
0: yep (laughs) all right so another misconception and this isn't one that our parents have told us but i think it's something that media has a part to play in and i'm not sure how this works in other like in media in the philippines or maybe um, in other cultures but in american culture we see through media and tv and movies and all that that high school are the best years of our lives and that Everything revolves around high school. We see a lot of very interesting and popular tropes in American television and movies where 8th graders are about to embark on high school and they're all worried about what they're going to wear, their hair, their makeup, and who they're going to hang out with, and popularity, and sports, and all these Mm. different labels. And there's a lot of popular high school esque movies like mean girls john tucker must die a walk to remember Mm -hmm. and they're all around this idea of high school and that high school is this one specific idea of party but also trying to fit in and that high school is supposed to be the best years of your life Mm -hmm. and as someone who graduated from high school over 10 years ago it is not
1: (laughs) it's way way off
0: it's way off i mean of course if you want to have a good time in high school have a good time in high school like i had really good days in high school and i also had really shitty days like it is what it is if you had a good time in high school or are currently having a great time in high school fucking milk it like have a good
1: time like you don't have to be miserable because i was an emo kid (laughs) i think that's also um those kind of movies and those Mm -hmm. storylines don't really paint an accurate picture in these kids heads because They're thinking they're going to enter in doors of the high school and and it's going to be this amazing, like amazing experience. But sometimes Mm -hmm. it's not amazing. Just like you said, you know, you're bullied and you had bad days. And I think that's what also helps create those kind of Mm -hmm. insecurities and bully moments um for these children like these are children these are babies you know and and personally i don't think that i had an i had a cool high school experience Mm -hmm. but it definitely wasn't my best days like i don't go think about like oh my god remember this one day um on like February 12th, we had like such a dope day in high school, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't remember anything like that. You and know? that's because you didn't peak in high school, exactly, exactly. And I was just busy being like a kid, mm-hmm. you know. My favorite moments were going to basketball practice or playing games, you mm-hmm. know, like those were the fun times for me. Um, and you know, to be honest, like even like the high school friends, mm-hmm. um, I probably only talked to two people, but the bulk of of my friends um, who I've uh, kept in contact with through the years are either people who I grew up in junior high school, in grade school, and as we got older, we just, like, those were our people growing up, so that's, mm-hmm. like, our fam. And also some people that I, I met as adults, like those who are a little more curated, not curated, but those people who are a little more, like, my style, my my flavor of people, the type of people I want to mm-hmm. surround myself with, um, and those are the people who I've had some of the great greatest memories with.
0: When I was in uh, middle school, eighth grade, I used to dream about being 15. For some reason, wow. that was the golden number for me. <laughs> like, because let's be real, kids these days don't look like kids, they look There's 16 year olds who look way older than I Mm -hmm. am, and they have great makeup, great style, but I'm just like, damn, you don't look like a kid anymore. And when I was in middle school, when we were in middle school, we had awkward faces straight out of my asshole. Like my elbow was awkward, (laughs) let's be real. So when I was in the eighth grade, I thought, oh, when I turn 15, I'm going to be so beautiful and so perfect and i'm gonna be popular in high school and for some reason that was in my head and i'm pretty sure it had to do with the tvs tv shows and movies i was consuming and all that stuff but 15 was the golden number for me you know what i was doing at 15 reading harry potter which i think is the most coolest thing you can do so shout out harry potter hufflepuff hi anyways (laughs) but at 15 i had braces i had glasses um i had terrible highlights because i knew nothing about hair or how to ask
1: did you do your own hair
0: um at 15 i didn't do my own hair i wanted to get highlights like all the girls at my school Mm. wearing abracombi see that i think that was me trying to fit into like a very into the whiteness of everything because even though there were a lot of Filipinos at my high school I didn't quite fit in with them which is a whole different coconut in and itself because those Filipinos at my high school were very very clicky and they mm-hmm. also they just had a certain type of attitude to them that I didn't There was something very sus about it that i just i didn't vibe with so i never hung out with them and so it was just this also internal erasure of my heritage and me just wanting to be white and Mm. so i was trying to get highlights but i also didn't know how how to ask the hairdresser what type of highlights i was looking for i just said blonde highlights and that could mean anything yeah um but at 15 i wasn't the most amazing person i was very awkward yeah
1: you know back to what you were saying about you know young people not looking their age and not having the awkward phase mm-hmm. like i remember like like some of the 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 most exciting things to get you know in high school and grades in uh junior high school was getting uh, a tube of karmix oh yeah you know, while kids nowadays are getting like palettes and you know mm-hmm. all the the up what is it called all the popular like makeup whatever you know yeah. about makeup i don't know about makeup <laughs> but you know what i'm saying like that's like the thing that they want to get but mm-hmm. i was excited about getting carmex <laughs>
0: yeah no 100 percent. like i remember wearing blue eyeshadow and using maybelline dream matte mousse if you were a, a makeup wearer in high school in like from 2005 to 2008 2009 dream matte mousse from maybelline was the thing and like everyone you and in high school no one was wearing high-end makeup no one was Mm -hmm. really wearing mac and if you did have mac it was usually a singular eyeshadow or a lipstick that you probably got from your mom or your big sister or whatever it may be everyone was using drugstore products youtube didn't really exist and if it did it wasn't not it wasn't what it is now
1: Mm -hmm. to be honest
0: so there was no way for us to really learn how to do makeup either it was just through learning magazines and watching each other but yeah so kids these days don't look like kids and it's really sad and it's um not only do they not look like kids but there's a certain attitude and this entitlement they have that they think they're adults when they have no idea what the fuck Mm -hmm. is gonna happen
1: yeah you know for like young people you know really try to embrace your youth years Mm -hmm. because once you become an adult it's a whole different world that you haven't even cracked into you mm-hmm. know so make sure most importantly too you're also around a lot of people who support you yeah and who are down for you and not the people who like what you wear or like the way you look mm-hmm. like because because they think you look good to take a picture with you know what i'm saying like really surround yourself with a core person who vibes with you on a fundamental mm-hmm. level
0: Yeah, and high school are not your best year. Trust me, like, there is way more cooler things in life than just high school. Like, Mm -hmm. I barely remember what happened then. And if we're being honest, the 30s, pretty fucking great. So where it's at? So where it's at, 30, (laughs) flirty, and thriving.
1: (laughs) So here's another one that I was told as a child, that milk will build strong bones.
0: Ooh.
1: I i hated the taste of milk growing up me
0: too it's like i could taste the whole cow yeah it's like i, I was sucking it from the udder <laughs> that's like from the tit you know
1: oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you know like i just did not like the taste i don't there was always like this filmy texture on my tongue um i remember i would be told finish your milk i didn't want to that's why i like chocolate milk better because it masked that weird taste mm-hmm. but you know um Milk does not give you strong bones. It is actually really, really bad for you. It has, um, like, cow pus. Yeah. Uh, Humans should not be consuming milk. Um, If you don't agree, I mean, just research it. It's it's just not good for you.
0: Yeah, the whole cow pus thing really threw me off because I was like, how is that even legal? Well, apparently that milk cartons can have a specific cubic volume of pus legally within each carton of milk. I mean definitely do your research i mean if you want to i get that great things come from milk like cheese and cream cheese and all those dairy products Mm -hmm. like i get it cheese is fucking chef's kiss i mean i don't really drink eat dairy but i know that it tastes really good but personally i cannot do whole milk i think it's also because when i drink whole milk i will blow up a bathroom with my butt (laughs) <laughs> I get really bad diarrhea, I get bad cramps. And I always tend to get the same thing at Starbucks because um, so if a barista accidentally puts whole milk or even non-fat milk in my latte from one sip, I can tell that it's off. Mm. And it's not just because I have a preference and choose to drink, non-dairy milks but it's also my tummy be hurting i'm trying not trying to get sick so
1: if you think about it there were so many ads back in the day like Mm in the 90s the 2000s especially like the got milk Mm -hmm. uh, ads you know those commercials you'll see and they had like the milk mustaches and they had um, you know a lot of celebrities Mm -hmm. also endorsing um, milk drinking milk in these ads Mm and and you know like it seems as if you know, now it's come to light how bad it is for you to drink. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder what kind of agenda was pushed back in the 90s of why this was pushed so much. Like, I don't know if you think about the way the world has changed since the 90s and 2000s, mm-hmm. even um, it's it's been so much development and and truth that's come out.
0: OK, I have a theory.
1: Let's go. Let's hear it.
0: I have no idea if this is actually like a thing. I'm going to have to do research on this. Veganism and plant-based diets are thriving right now. They've become so much so of a trend, but eating vegan and not eating dairy or milk or whatever has been around for years and mm-hmm. years and years, especially in Asian cultures and um and maybe back in the 90s and 2000s, being vegan or plant-based or vegetarian just wasn't as common. In media, I'm pretty sure there were people not eating meat. It just wasn't so popular back then. And Mm -hmm. maybe.
1: Or like the weirdos were vegan. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like (laughs) the weirdo
0: hippies. And I've seen today about. I've seen today where there's a lot of white people promoting veganism and being plant based, which I mean is totally fine, Mm -hmm. but they almost kind of whitewash this lifestyle Mm -hmm. and completely negate that indian food can be healthy and Mm. plant-based filipino food can also be healthy and plant-based when you omit the milk i mean omit the milk omit the milk and omit the the the, pork the pork and the 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 chicken chicken, the beef and all that stuff sinigang Mm, so good Mm -hmm.
1: yeah you know um possibly you know possibly because you know like like we're saying that You know, back in the day, a lot of people equated veganism and, you know, non-dairy eaters to uh, to weird, quote unquote, weird people. Mm -hmm. Um, And then now that it's become something more accepted in the mainstream, which plays a big part on on how things come to be, um, uh, you know, it's definitely changed. And let me just say something vegan food that is cultural like whether it be jamaican filipino Mm. indian uh asian it is so good like it is the best food like so so you know we've gone to um you know like american food vegan places plant-based uh Mm -hmm. restaurants and it just does not hit It's it's bland as fuck it's so plain it's it's and it's sad and
0: where we are right now finding plant-based food like restaurants is really hard to come by and so we found one we tried it and it was just a it was the most basic tasting there was no flavor they compl- it, it was so bland and disgusting and they were like the whole concept of this restaurant is eating healthy because they sell a lot of juices and smoothies and stuff which is, which is good but healthy yeah. is not synonymous to lack of flavor and being bland. <laughs> Fucking season your shit, bruh. Like oh. Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> in essence, cultural food is can also be healthy. It can also be plant-based. Like I said, like Jasmine said, Jamaican food. We've had some amazing vegan Jamaican food. They're Ital. Woo. Woo! Plantains. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so, so, so good. um the, Oh, Ethiopian food, too. Mm, Ethiopian mm-hmm. food that we a had. Uh, so amazing. So, um yeah. The next idea that we were taught as kids that is no longer true as adults is that 18 means you're an adult.
1: No, no.
0: no i'm I'm
1: not an adult yet i'm not even an adult we're past that i (laughs) haven't been 18
0: in like 100 years i'm a vampire edward cullen is my friend he and i shine and sparkle at the same time
1: (laughs) is that why you have sparkle on your negligee
0: uh, uh,
1: oh (laughs) Oh, (laughs) negligee what's a negligee Oh, negligee is not a word. It's like
0: neglect. (laughs) Oh, yeah. But it also sounds like (laughs) neglice. But yeah, so we were told pretty young. Well, not us specifically because we're also Filipino. But there's also this idea in American culture or maybe white American culture that when you turn 18, you get kicked out of the house. You're officially an adult. And that is simply not the case. How can you be 17 the next day at midnight, turn 18, and be ready to take on the real world when only six months ago, they were asking their teacher if they could use the restroom in eighth (laughs) period, you know? Yeah. Like, how you can't expect that. And, I mean, there's a lot, there's pros and cons to not picking your kid out but kind of pushing them to do real world things like get a job like a part-time job or um learning how to save money maybe setting up uh, a banking account like a debit card with them there's pros to that which i personally love that i wish my parents did with me when i was really young but um Kicking your kids out and just saying you're 18 Mm. and you're an adult just does not make sense to me. And whenever I have kids, I will not be pushing them out at 18. I will be training them and helping them to become the best fucking adults ever and not be shitheads in society, that's for sure. (laughs) But to push them out at 18 just because they turn in age Mm -hmm. doesn't mean shit to me.
1: You know, I I agree with you 100, you know, and, you know, growing up, you know, because we grew up in America. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was a mix of, like I also felt like I needed to grow up or do such big things at 18. Mm -hmm. Um... You know, and it was kind of like a clash because, like in Filipino families, you you're not pushed out at 18. Mm-hmm. You a lot of uh, children and even the ch- the the children's children live at home, and that's the family home. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm I'm personally a supporter of having
0: multigenerational, yes,
1: multi generational households, and in addition to that, around you having your um your extended family, like mm-hmm. say um like your siblings and their kids around to to have that familial um bond and and group around you as Mm -hmm. part of like that growing process together um and support system but you know um it was confusing for me as as a filipino-american kid thinking like i have because i live in america i have to Uh, work at 18 Mm -hmm. i had to move out at this time get an apartment be independent this this and this but in reality i didn't have the tools like you mentioned i didn't have the tools to be an adult to live on my own you Mm -hmm. know the idea is nice you know you don't like to be nagged no more by your parents you don't like to be a wake up do the chores a wake up do this do that but with freedom also comes responsibility. Mm-hmm. But I did not know that responsibility. And that's actually really dangerous, putting out a young person out into a world like that without having them have these skills and um, these tools to survive mm-hmm. out there.
0: Yeah, and I feel like sometimes there's this cultural difference and cultural cra- clash between possible friendships. I don't know if this happened to everyone, but I know it happened with me. I mean, in high school, I had a lot of... My friend group was very... Um, ethnically diverse it was just a very diverse crew but we all were able to understand that just because we were 18 doesn't mean shit that we still had to ask permission from our parents mm-hmm. we couldn't just leave the house and i remember when i was 19 i had a boyfriend and i would go over to this house and this was a secret boyfriend my parents did not know mm-hmm. uh And I would have to leave and get home by a certain time. And he would be confused. And this was a guy that was half Italian, half Portuguese, like just a white dude. And he would say, why do you have to go home now? You're 19. You're an adult. Like, (laughs) what? No, I'm Filipino. It doesn't Mm -hmm. work like that. Just because I'm 19 doesn't mean I can't like not follow the rules. I live at home. Mm -hmm. I don't have a job like everything i do is paid for and sponsored by my parents
1: (laughs) they're sponsoring this podcast (laughs) Uh, you know that's that's really interesting because you know i also had similar experience where it's like i didn't really understand why i couldn't do the things that i wanted to do even Mm -hmm. though i was of age i was you know 19 20 21 even you know and and how did i didn't know how to explain that or ask my mom because she was the one who's a little more strict in us going out Mm -hmm. so it's like mom like why can't i spend a little more time out i'm 20 you know like 11 o'clock isn't a curfew for a 20 year old you know but that clash of culture Mm -hmm. is so hard to understand and explain and just process as a filipino american Mm -hmm. you know and and I don't know what it is. Like, I really don't know what it is. I
0: think the process is hard and for us to understand because growing up, we were surrounded by a lot of people who were allowed to just go to the mall, who were allowed to just do whatever they wanted once they turned 18. We were surrounded by this westernized society, but at home, we were back to being Filipino. And Mm. so we wanted to hang out with our friends at the mall or stay out till 11 pm and do whatever we wanted with our friends but our parents would completely erase or our parents would completely ignore the fact that we were technically adults on paper or by law
1: do you You think do you think it was a way for like our filipino families to protect us um that's why a curfew is enacted like what do you think it is
0: i honestly believe that is the fact because Filipinos tend to be very protective of their kids. I mean, even though I don't have kids, my sister, she's 20. I'm very protective of her. Obviously, I tell her to, you know, do whatever, drink, be a hoe, just be careful. (laughs) Be a hoe, but be careful is my mantra. (laughs) You know, do you, boo. And do whoever makes you happy. (laughs) Anyways, but I do believe that's why we had such strict curfews and strict households because they were just trying to protect us and... I can see that now as an adult, when you're 16, 17, whatever it may be, it's hard to understand that you just think that your parents are controlling you, mm-hmm. which I think there is a little bit of controlling and um, there should be some ease to that. But it could also be because our parents, well, my parents, your, your parents were born here, right?
1: My parents immigrated here when they're like in junior high.
0: Junior high. Okay, so maybe they've seen a lot of dirty shit happen in the Philippines where they're from. You know, my parents grew up poor, so they've seen a lot of crazy shit that has happened. So maybe it's that also that trauma of growing up and maybe getting hurt or seeing some shady shit happen in their neighborhoods, and they don't want that to happen to
1: us. Mm. I, You know, I think, you know, this goes back to making sure you raise your kids in and in, in you trust the way you raise your kids, mm-hmm. that point that I've made before. Um, you know, maybe if, if Filipino parents were able to communicate with their children and help them ease into like American society and the Mm -hmm. way things are here, um, you know, it wouldn't be as strict growing up. You know, they wouldn't have to feel like they need to protect them so much because they know their kids are equipped with these tools, like I said, to, um, you know, deal with the real Mm -hmm. world.
0: Yeah. You know, uh, what's funny whenever I don't know if your parents told you this, but it's that whole phrase. Oh, if your friends jumped off a bridge, would you too? Would <laughs> yeah, you do too? Like, they said bitch, that. I'd, it'd be my idea. <laughs> <laughs> and my sister, when she was in high school, she would tell me she would call me and be very upset that she stopped getting invited to things by her friends because my parents kept saying no. Mm. So instead of asking, hey, do you want to come to this? She just got pushed out of friend groups completely. Mm. And that's a feel. just like a pretty immature thing to do, but you're also like sixteen, so it is yeah. what it is. But
1: yeah, or or kids be thinking like, oh, she she's lame, so yeah. let's just not invite her. She can't go anyway. Like she
0: can't go anyway. Yeah, and it, it really sucks.
1: Yeah, and that also affects you as a kid. Like nobody wants to feel left out, especially yeah. when your high school world is so small.
0: Yeah, you know, for sure. Um, so another idea that we were told as kids is, sex only happens for married people. And um, this kind of goes hand in hand with what we were saying about kids just wanting to go out and living in a strict household. So I lived in a very strict household. And the second I got freedom, your girl went buck wild. I was going out to clubs almost every single weekend. And I was even going to clubs when i didn't have a job so i would get loose change found around the house go to a coin star put it in the Coinstar machine and get like 25 dollars, and that would be my club <laughs> entry fee because i just wanted to go out and just be like just live you know i would go yeah, out i would be free be free and i i would i started drinking at 19 i think and just hanging out being crazy making out with everybody that I wanted to and I just had so much of this freedom I didn't know what to do with it and you wild I was wild and I feel like you know like snorting coke on a key like in a bathroom like some wild shit I got into and I feel like
1: yeah you just outed yourself
0: it is what it is like people people do that shit like I'm gonna be transparent I don't do that anymore but it's just I could have got it into, I could have gotten hurt is yep. what I'm saying. I could have gotten hurt. And I'm not saying parents go out and let your kids snort coke in a gas station bathroom with their friends. But it's just kind of not only. Classy. Ha- <laughs> not only. I-
1: <laughs> so classy. <laughs> I just thought of like a truck stop grimy ass restroom with like a Honda key. It was a, it was an
0: arco and it was a subaru key thank you so much
1: okay subaru
0: no actually no it was i think it was a Jetta because it had the button and the key flipped down and it was like who wants coke (laughs) i got the coke and the coke (laughs) yeah but when parents say you know sex is only for married couples i mean you could say that and a lot of the times it could be true, but also a lot of the times consenting teens are going to do what they want to do.
1: And, you know, that also goes back to, you know, probably religion. A lot of Mm -hmm. Filipinos are Catholic. So, you know, it's expected, you know, as they say that once you're married, you can, you know, consummate your marriage, but you know, it's fact that a lot of Filipinos don't always follow that traditional Catholic teaching of mm-hmm. get married and then you can have sex, you know, yeah. like under God's eyes, you you can now have sex. Um, you know, it, it reminds me of, of how I was told you can't date till you're married. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's just like with this whole like rhetoric of saying you can't date till you're married, you can't have sex till you're married or it's only for married people. Um, it just... It's like stops that conversation. Mm -hmm. It stops. You know, informing your your children and you know the young people how to go about things in a healthy way in terms of their relationship. Like, how are you supposed to date and really find someone like a quality person to marry if all you're telling me is I can't have sex till I marry? So it's yeah. like, what? I'm gonna wear? I'm gonna go out and marry you, some motherfucker, just to fuck? Yeah. You know, like let's let's talk about it in a better way to really prepare themselves. Yeah,
0: and it also shows kind of what's in the back of their head of Of all that a relationship and a marriage is is sex Mm -hmm. when that's not the case marriage is more than just the physical intimacy it's intimacy of the mind the soul it's a companionship more than anything let me write a book let me tell you (laughs) um only been in love once (laughs) (laughs) actually twice hillary duff anyways
1: (laughs) i thought it was selena gomez
0: Oh yeah. Well,
1: hey, she been in love more than once, more than twice, y'all. These (laughs) Disney Channel girls, let me tell you. (laughs) Um,
0: But uh, so, sex already is a whole nother coconut, and we've been just opening up little mini coconuts and if there's any coconut you would like us to fully dive on in a full episode just let us know on Mm -hmm. social media email us let us know and we'll you know make an episode happen but Mm -hmm. sex itself is already a taboo topic within the filipino community and instead of saying having an open conversation with your kids and telling them about sex not just what it is and what happens and you could get pregnant and scds but there's also an emotional side to sex that a lot of people don't realize until they're actually happening Mm -hmm. and it would be nice to help prepare help prepare young adults into their sex life by saying hey Um, just because you have sex with a person doesn't mean that they're going to want to be your boyfriend or girlfriend.
1: Mm -hmm. Also, too, you know, to be respectful of other people, you can't assume that, you know, a young adult wants to have sex. Some people aren't about that life and don't want to. So, you know... there's ways to have conversations with, with, with each other and especially young people um, without assuming that this is something that they want and this is something they're going to have in their life.
0: Mm-hmm. As an adult, I've looked at my life and I've had a lot of fun and I will continue to have a lot of fun. It just will not involve these hard drugs. I'm done. I've lost a lot of brain cells in an Arco bathroom. It's just not my stes anymore. <laughs> Maybe in a Hilton bathroom. I'm kidding. <laughs> Maybe in a suite in Vegas. Maybe in a suite. <laughs> Just kidding. No. Um, the oh, only oh. drug I'm into is
1: love. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing I was told as a kid is uh, if you don't go to church or if you don't pray, mm-hmm. God's going to hate you. Ooh. No. He <laughs> loved me. <laughs> no, he loved me. He, he loved, loved you. He me. Uh, you know, and, and um, so... You know, obviously, I was told that because they they want you to do something. They want mm-hmm. you to get up out of bed, get ready for church. Let's go. Um, but you know, it's it's another thing that's confusing. It and it's not the right uh, message mm-hmm. because you know, if you believe in God, um, if you believe in any sort for. I mean, if you believe in God, if you believe in any form of uh, higher being or, or you have a spirituality, you would know that those are centered around love and acceptance. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> you know, when I was told, that oh, God's going to hate you, I never was scared because I thought it was just so silly. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it's interesting that as as Filipinos who a lot of Filipinos are Catholic, for them to really seem to always use Catholicism, God, the Bible as a form of weaponry to your actions
0: Mm -mm. or threats. Yeah, and that form of weaponry using the Bible and quotes to try to dehumanize and force someone to do something of what you believe, I don't think that's what God would have wanted, to be honest. And I feel like a lot of Filipino parents use religion as a way for them to control their kids Mm -hmm. without trying to talk to them about the relationship they should have with God. Mm -hmm. Instead of saying, hey, wake up, it's time to go to church because we go to church and we have to. It's more like, hey, honey, um, be sure to wake up in the morning. Tomorrow's going to be a good day, um, you know, to help you know good be gonna be a good church day tomorrow you're gonna um pray to him Mm -hmm. and i actually you know that's something that my mom would do with me but my mom would tell me you know it's important to go to church so you can pray to him with what you want and you can pray to him about love and you know telling him about your day and it was just more Mm -hmm. she was telling me the importance of going to church by having a special relationship with God as opposed to, no, go to church because if you don't, you're going to be a... Sinner,
1: all yeah. your life. Yeah, you know, um, and and like don't get me wrong. You know, a lot of uh, practicing Catholics and mm-hmm. people practicing religion um, truly believe that as the center of their faith. Yeah, wholeheartedly. You know, and not not to be used as a weapon. You know, yeah. like like how you mentioned with your mom, how you know it's a way to go to church and be thankful and be grateful. Yeah, um, and that's always important to have in your life. Um, but when you think about it, when they use uh, religion and faith as mm. as a way to um, you know, create a reaction from somebody. It also reminds me of how religion and Christianity was forced on many, many people Mm -hmm. around the world for years. Yeah. And it's very forceful. And the Mm -hmm. tactic is not about love and and community. It's about legit force.
0: I feel like people hate the Christians who use the Bible and quotes to... Be mean and to just be cruel. I've gone mm. to tons and tons of pride festivals where they have the you know the people with the yellow signs, the good their,
1: dudes with the signs, the yeah, big the dude, dude signs. with the
0: signs, the big ass signs about you know you're going to hell and you know s- spraying the f word everywhere and it's just like really disgusting. And I see that and I'm like I don't want to be part of whatever church you're in because that just looks like just a really bad, cruel time. Mm-hmm. Like I want to hang out. With the religious people who are loving and accepting, like my sister, she volunteers at a church, and she has. They're like the most, like the modern Christians, I guess you could say, and they're very accepting type of people, and mm-hmm. I love that.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's the way it should be, you know, in terms of like, like community. Like, it's crazy how these people who stand who stand outside with those big ass signs mm-hmm. with these de- really hurtful and degrading words. Like, what do you expect? people to do when they see you it's like you get off by getting the reactions of like man get the fuck out of here you you know you're wrong or whatever like like they legit wake up pick up their sign hop in the car and stand out there for hours in the sun looking fucking dumb because they're spreading these words of hate yeah like what kind of life is that that is no purpose
0: yeah it's just (laughs) yeah it's just spewing hate and it's so wrong and so bad and it's like What type of audacity do you have to tell me what kind of relationship with God that I don't have? Mm -hmm. Like my relationship with God is nobody's business, but him and I, Mm -hmm. you know? And just because I go to Pride Fest or just because (laughs) you find me doing coke in an Arco bathroom (laughs) doesn't mean that I'm a bad person. Like I love my God. Like Mm -hmm. it is what it is. Exactly. So the next topic is that the suburban life is synonymous to the American dream. And I don't agree with that. Even though I've grown up in many suburbs, I, to be honest, even though I love city life and working in city life, I prefer living in a suburb. I like the more quiet type of feel, you know, white picket fence type of shit. Like I like it, you know, it's what I'm used to. It's what I feel safe in. But I also don't feel like it is the ultimate indicator of success in America. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. um, I personally can't relate (laughs) to that because I always grew up um, and living in a city for the most part. So my parents actually bought their first house in a suburb in the Bay Area. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we would go there on the weekends and... You know, it was it was clean. It was nice. We had our backyard. Um, Our neighbors around us were pleasant, you know. And I wonder if with them, if they thought like this was the epitome of American married life where we'll Mm -hmm. raise our children and um, get them away from the city, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, and especially then, because like it, it was different. Back then, because, um, you know, I felt like the suburbs were just kind of blooming and, Mm -hmm. you know, naturally, whereas now, like a lot of the suburbs, they're really, really expensive. But also, like, a lot of the people who grew up in the cities are now pushed out to Mm -hmm. the suburbs, not because they want to, but because they have to, because they're, you know, most of the time a lot cheaper. Obviously, if you're in California, that's not the case. Yeah. But, you know, it's a lot cheaper to live in the suburbs opposed to, like, the Mm -hmm. cities. Um, And to me like it was nice like it was cool you had the space but it's to me it's not the epitome of, of the american dream or the mm-hmm. american experience you know i feel like the american experience for me is being around people and learning about different people different backgrounds different cultures different mm-hmm. ages you know whether you grew up in the city or the country or you grew up in um nevada Or New York, you know, getting Mm -hmm. to know, like, how everybody, like, lives and and does their thing in this country. Mm -hmm. That's, like, the American experience.
0: Yeah, for sure. Like, I feel like the American dream, two thoughts to it. Mm -hmm. One, I believe that the American dream was an idea created with only white Americans in mind. It did not include minorities or people Mm. of color. And I also believe that the American dream has also shifted throughout the years depending on what the economy looked like, depending on the trends of the people. You know, in the 50s and 60s, yeah, maybe it was the American dream to own a house, to own a washing machine and have a life like Leave It to Beaver. (laughs) But Pleasantville. Yeah, but now the American dream, I feel like, is honestly just surviving and Oof. being and being you and doing you and, and just living mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. I feel like what it is now, it's no longer, okay, I'm going to turn 25, I'm going to own a house, I'm going to have a really good job with a high paying salary. I'm going to meet Mr. or Mrs. Wright and have three kids and a dog named Fido. <laughs> I feel like the American dream now could be anything. And it could be just like I said, survival and just finding success depending on what you believe successful means. It's hard. And now that our parents are older, they're trying to implement these same American dream standards onto their children, Mm. forgetting that it's a whole different era now. Things are completely different in the economy and the way people move there's social media now there's a bunch of new jobs that didn't exist when our parents were went to school in the mm-hmm. 80s like social media management wasn't a thing when our parents were in school and so now it's just yeah. like like Anak, what do you do? do <laughs> right, you
1: know? Social media management wasn't even a thing when we were going to school.
0: Yes, it wasn't. It was, oh, that's another coconut. Oof, yeah, Girl, let me tell you, okay, when it comes to the job search, for example, for like social media management and all that stuff, I have the skills to be a social media manager. But because I don't have that specific degree of social media marketing, which didn't really exist when I was in college, mm-hmm someone um, younger than me, a uh, Gen Z, could get that job over me who has uh, years of experience learning it and being part of social media. But because I don't have that one little degree, someone else could get the job Mm -hmm. over me. Or it could be a boomer who can't even open a PDF (laughs) and get it because they have 20 years of experience doing whatever it is that they do. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. You know, one thing about like the Filipino community, especially Filipinos who come here and immigrate, um, you know, it's really, really not easy. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, one one thing that I want Filipinos to know and, you know, anybody who even stays here for like, visas is, is, you know, once you hit American soil, it doesn't mean that you you made it you might have like hopped off the flight safely, but, you know, integrating into American society, the culture, um, trying to succeed and find your way is really hard, you know? So it's really important to educate yourself in the right way Mm -hmm. and talk to people who don't have like this one-sided view of how American success can be because it might've worked for them, but there's a possibility and sometimes a large possibility that it won't work for you. Mm -hmm. So it's really, you know, Crucial but when you come here to also have an open mind and to find your way through um, America.
0: Yes, I totally agree. Every Filipino-American experience is so unique and so different. And just because, say, we've made it or our parents have made it doesn't mean that you can mm-hmm. follow these steps, A, B, C, and mm-hmm. become successful. You might have to do A, B. B B B B C.2. C. Erase
1: that shit. Erase that <laughs>
0: shit and do it again and do something different mm-hmm. for you to succeed and reach your version of the American dream. Mm-hmm. But today we cracked a bunch of different coconuts. And again, like I mentioned... If there is a specific topic you would like us to dive a little bit more deeper on, let us know on social media. We are at Cracking the Coconut on Instagram and on Facebook, as well as Cracking the Cocoa on Twitter and TikTok.
1: And if you haven't already, check out our website, CrackingTheCoconut.com. Uh, we have our episodes up there. Also, um, leave us a comment. Send us a message on any of our platforms. We love hearing what you guys have to say. We love engaging with you all. Um, it's one of our favorite things that we look forward to. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. every day and you know it's really the the thing that's taking these conversations to another level and hopefully we're making a dent in your lives as well as ours um yeah so we'll hit (laughs) y'all next time
0: yeah see you in the next episode have a good one peace